Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Breakfast is sponsored today in loving memory of Jack Feldman, Lulu Nishmad Yaakov, Raphael Ben Rose, sponsored by the Feldman family, and as well sponsored by Marjorie and David E. Sid, dedicated in celebration of the birth of their grandson to Rabbi and Gloria Chara. Is that all we got, everybody? Okay, Baruch Hashem. Ve'ishlach Yaakov Malachim, Yaakov sends angels to his brother to Esav. Now what's interesting is our rabbis comment that the word Malachim over here has two different interpretations. One interpretation is that Yaakov sent Malachim Mamash. He sent literally angels. <clears throat> the other opinion is that Yaakov Avinu sent messengers. Now it's an interesting thing that, the discrepancy between those two possibilities. It's quite a difference, isn't it? Between whether or not Yaakov sent angels or sent messengers. But what's fascinating to me is at first glance to understand that the true uh, perspective from a Jewish uh, outlook is that when we talk about angels, we don't only ever mean uh, these beings with wings that fly around in the heavens. And the, this idea is best communicated by uh, the Ma'amar, the words of our rabbis, Ma'amar Hazal, that says, Harbe shiluchim lemakom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has many different messengers. What does that mean that God has many different messengers? It means that there are times that Borei Olam heals someone by an angel. And let's try and talk about that in the common terminology of our day and not rely on the word itself to hide behind. Someone is ill. They're sitting in a hospital bed. The doctors are telling you that it's not going to go well, that the chances of of, uh, recovery are very, very slim. That's a fairly common uh, experience that people have. And suddenly what happens, the doctor comes in and says, you know what, actually we're surprised. He seems to be making a better recovery than normal. When I look at that, or when you look at that in a normal perspective, what do you see? You see someone that, uh, thank God, is doing better than expected. Better than expected is Malachim. Now again, I need you to understand that. The simplistic understanding of an angel is that there's a fly in an angel, he comes in, he drops, like you know you have, used to have the, in the cartoons, the stork would drop the baby down the chimney. If you actually drop the baby down the chimney, it would die, okay? Uh, but, but yet, that's the image that you have in cartoons. But our understanding in Judaism is sometimes very, very basic, and it's very, very childish. That's not what it means that an angel comes and does something. Let's delve into this topic for one second. The names of some of the angels are very familiar to all of us. One of the angels is called Raphael. One of the angels is called Michael. These angels, each of them has a distinct job. And no job, no angel can ever do the job of another angel. Now again, in the simplistic version, we imagine one angel trying, you know, who's chewing gum, trying to also play checkers. He can't do two things at the same time. That's not the point. The point here is that the nature of what an angel is in Jewish terminology is a isolated ratzon Hashem, a uh, desire, so to speak, from on high that God wants something to happen in this world. It happening in this world, that is called an angel. The things that need to happen to change the fabric in our day-to-day, that is called a malach. So as an example, if someone is driving down the street, they're late for, uh, what's it called, for a doctor's appointment that took them six months to get, and here you are driving around like a dib the highway, the, the, the block six times. It's happened to me actually, by the way, when I interviewed for the synagogue. 
It was right before Shabbat. I didn't have the extra money in my account to pay for, you know, $200 for parking over the weekend. I thought to myself, you know what? I have an hour now before Shabbat. How long is it going to take me? In all honesty, to find parking. It's Friday afternoon. People should really be in the middle of, you know, at work or whatever. I'm driving around and 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 around until finally I, I give up. It's almost going to be Shabbat. And it's my, the, I'm coming here for an interview. How does it look like if you come, you know, for your interview, you know, you miss a Friday night prayer service and you turn up Shabbat morning, right? You can't do that, right? So, no, no. Um, so I decide, you know what? I Google cheap parking of the weekend in Manhattan. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of, you know what happened? Immediately, you know what popped up? Images of a unicorn. <laughs> right now, I look at a cheap parking in Manhattan. So somebody sent me to Spot Hero. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever used this. So I go on to Spot Hero, I put in my details where I am, how long I want to go. Fantastic, it finds me a garage, $18.99 or something like that for the whole weekend. I then look and realize that the dot wasn't in between the 18 and the 99, it was at the end of the 99. No, it was was actually $18.99. I pay the thing, charges my card, I drive 17 blocks out of the way. You know, to like the 80th street or something. I pull up into the garage. I come down the thing. The guy says, sorry, the lot's full. <laughs> what do you mean the lot's full? It says over here I have parking, you know, guaranteed. He says, oh, no, it's not guaranteed the spot. You're only guaranteed the rate. I said, I, so I have a guaranteed rate of no parking. So what, is, what exactly is guaranteed here? You know, I am guaranteed to pay $18.99 for something that I cannot purchase. What a wonderful way to have sales. Could you imagine that if stores would use that technique? Fantastic, right? All shirts, $10. And then you get there. None of the shirts that you wanted at $10 were available. But feel free to browse our $100 shirts, right? Imagine. It's called bait and switch, right? Rabotai, I had been baited. I had been switched. But I still had no barking. So I prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I said, you know, you want me to take this job? I'm living in England. You want me to take this job? I need you to sort me out. I know, I tried the thing. I tried the free parking. I tried the 1899. I'm driving back to where I'm staying. I'm going to park the car as is. I have to, whatever happens, almost Shabbat now. I pull up next to the hotel. I don't know, was it 64th? Afinia over there? 64th, I think you know the parking everywhere over in this area, Sammy. So at the end, what is it? At the end of 64th over there, there's parking. So I drive past the hotel, and right there, the, I think it was the closest parking spot to the hotel. As I pull up in the hotel, the guy pulls out. I drive in there, I park the car, I'm smiling ear to ear. I didn't realize that I had to give up like my whole Ola Baba for that parking space. I'm going to get up there and show my mom. I was like, why Hashem? Why did you let me? I'd rather the guaranteed rate of $18.99. <laughs> right? The bottom line is a person looks at a situation like that and they don't see HaKadosh Baruch Huzein. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim says the Pasuk, some opinions say that he sent angels. You know what the other opinion says? That he sent messengers. But the messengers were also angels. The fact that he has a brother who wants to kill him. And then he sends a couple people with a couple of gifts. And that that should take care of the problem in whatever way, shape or form. That that should soften up the heart 
of Esav who wants to kill his brother. Those are also angels. The two opinions are not arguing whether or not they were angels. Maybe they're arguing in what form those angels took. Rabbi it's up to us though to be able to have that perspective, to be able to see our life in the actual terms and in the actual realities that, uh, that exist uh, with, with, you know, around us. I want to add one more element to this idea, Rabbi and hopefully the, the idea is, uh, um, you know, is something that you'll find very useful. The Pasuk carries on and tells us that what do these angels do? What do the angels do? Yaakov tells the angels, he says, I want you to deliver these gifts to my brother. And place a space between each group of the animals. Now rabbis tell us as well that the reason why, one of the reasons why Yaakov put a space between the gifts is because if you space out the gifts, what does it look like? A lot. Looks like a lot more gifts. It's a great trick if you're Jewish on Hanukkah or if you're Christian on Christmas. But that's just space the gifts out a little bit more. Like you have more, you have less what's called a, a GPS, gifts per square inch, okay? If you space them out a little bit more, it looks like there's more there. I learned that lesson when I used to get writing assignments of one page. Space the letters out, you get, you get a lot more, uh, you cover a lot more real estate. But Rabotai, actually, the message our Chachamim explained to us is that Yaakov wasn't only placating Esav, but he was doing something that was far deeper. Ma'aseh avot siman lebanim, says the Gemara. What the forefathers did, ma'aseh avot, the deeds of the forefathers, siman lebanim, would become a sign for what would happen to their children in future generations. And in fact, the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yehuda, the leader of the Jewish people, anytime he would travel to Rome, which were the descendants of Esav, he would go to speak to the Roman Senate. He would go to plead the Jewish people's cause or the safety of the Jewish people to a ruthless empire before he would go to the, uh, to the Senate, before he would go to the city to plead for the Jews. He would study this parasha. He would go over all the elements and try and learn the messages of Yaakov's interaction with Esav way back when, uh, all those years ago. So when Yaakov was interacting with Esav, so he says, if I have to give him gifts, Borei Olam, please, let there be a space between the gifts. If there's going to be a t- an attack or a pogrom or a challenge, please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't give it to us in one shot. Space it out a little bit. Space it out a little bit so that there's time for us to breathe and recover. The Rishonim communicate that this idea is really what the Pasuk means when it says, Nose avon vafesha. That God carries our sins. What does it mean that He carries our sins? And there's many different interpretations. But one opinion is, like you know how we use the word in the financial sector, we say that if a person can't pay their entire credit card bill, what do they do? They carry a balance. Nose avon means that God carries my balance. He could punish me now in one shot. But you know what? If I was treated according to my deeds, I deserve to lose my whole business. But how hard is it to come back, to bounce back after you lose your business? If you lose a little bit of profit this year or this month, you lose a little bit of profit next month, at least you survive. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yaakov was begging. 
in the scenarios where we interact with our enemies, please give us a little breathing space in between the gifts that we need to give them. Rabotai, I'd like to share as well, if that's the case, then understand that these angels, what were they doing? The angels were also there when they were carrying, when they were giving space. And to me, this says something which I think is very difficult for people to do. But if they could do this, would carry them through some of the most difficult times of their lives. Effectively, what we're learning here is that sometimes angels can protect and sometimes angels can give space. We had a girl a while ago in London. Unfortunately, it was a terrible tragedy. Terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. And something happened and she fell into a a coma and at the time there was no brain activity. And the hospitals decided that they were going to pull the plug on this wonderful young girl. The mother was fighting like a lion. But unfortunately, at a certain stage, the hospitals have a right to be able to override the will of the parents. Not just if the hospital or the National Health Service, the NHS, is covering the bill, but even if you're covering the, oh, your own bill. They will say that it is illegal to keep this person alive. They'll make compassionate dispensation. They'll have an ethics committee that will decide that this person is not worth And the challenge is, by the way, Rabotai, that there have been documented cases of people with zero brain activity who all of a sudden, a long time later, will randomly wake up and we can't understand it. So you have people who want their kids, who want their family members to not, not to pull the plug on them, but sometimes the hospitals can pull. There have been very famous cases of this uh, in London. Very famous cases. And there are times even when world leaders will weigh in, whether it was the Pope or whether it was President Trump for that child. They were offering to bring the child, the child here for treatment for, for possibilities. Anyway, we raised, um, uh, what's it called? In England, they had a giving campaign. And along with many of the people in the community, they were able to raise the money to have the legal fees to fight, to fight the case in court. In the end, they got a stay of one week where before the, court, the case would be brought up again uh, in, in, for judgment. The legal fees were tremendous. But between you know, the giving campaign online and various donations from different members of the community, they managed to raise the money to be able to push off um, the pulling of the plug for that week. After one week though, with no change, there was nothing they could do. And the hospital pulled the plug on the, and this young girl who died and passed away in the prime of her life. So someone asked me a little while later, Shlomo, don't you think that all this money that was given to charity, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, what a waste of money it was. We could have given it to somebody else. We could have given it to someone. And I said to him, Rohi, here's, here's a girl that had seven days more of life. And in Judaism, even one more second of life is worthwhile. That was also the space of angels. That they gave this young girl a little bit more time. And to look at it and say, that who cares if she got a little bit more time? She didn't get all the time. We learn from this parasha that that's wrong. Sometimes it takes angels to give a little bit more space. But even more than that, here's a mother that during this week could try everything. 
Here's a mother that instead of unfortunately losing her daughter right away, in that trauma of the moment, she gets to feel like she tried and she pushed. And there was every, she did everything within her power. Those seven days that the mother was granted, what a gift that was uh, to, for her and for the family to know that they tried to get a chance to say goodbye. You know, a lot of times people, they only talk about miracles and they only talk about kindnesses of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that result in a happy ending. But sometimes a temporary happy ending is also a beautiful thing. Getting a chance to say goodbye properly. Getting a chance to know that I didn't give up on this person before I had tried everything. What psychologically, what that will do for the person, for the family, for the rest of their life. What a gift that was. You want to tell me that that's not worth the charity dollars? Of course it is. The mental health of an entire family. Sometimes angels come and it is not God's plan for the person to survive or to live. And sometimes the business is supposed to shut down and sometimes the relationship is supposed to end and sometimes someone has to pass away. But sometimes the angels can give us a little bit more time. And we need to sometimes be thankful for that space, even if we didn't get everything that we wanted. Uh, <clears throat> May HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless us with everything that we seek and everything that we wish. Amen. But even if up in Shamaim, it was not destined to be that we would get everything that we want, we beg and we plead with HaKadosh Baruch Hu that at least we could have some small gifts to make that journey or that transition a little bit easier. Uh, that we can feel at the end that there's some closure and we can carry on through these difficult times in our lives knowing that we had the angels of space. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Charanya, Ben HaKashah Amir. Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lezakot Yisrael. Fikachim Ba'alayim Torah. Amen.